I think I read in the paper this past week that the city of Marion has embarked upon a 10-year project to replenish the trees in our city that were lost during the derecho of 2020. It's a good effort, and may God bless that effort. But then I kind of started thinking a little bit about the derecho of 2020, and I'm not going to take us through the uh, moments of terror or anything like that, but I remember I was in a couple places on that Monday when the derecho was occurring, and one of them was in the church. And I got kind of curious about how strong the wind was, because we could hear it whipping around the building. And I thought, well, I'll just go out and check. And so I opened up one of the church doors down there. Was that a good idea to do? <laughs> no. Why was I even wanting to watch it in the first place? Was that a good idea? No. Winds blowing how strong? Maybe 130 miles an hour? Is that a good idea to be in those winds? No. But I wanted to be in the wind. Not really, but I just wanted to see how strong it was. And when I opened up the door, I thought, you know what's going to happen if I go any further? That the wind's going to rip the door off and I'm going to go with it. So I said, that's not a good idea at all. Close the door and locked it up. But the power of the wind, we see it as being destructive, like we did in 2020. But now I'm going to take you to Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, which we'll celebrate in a couple weeks. And there was a strong driving wind there in Jerusalem that day when the gift of the Holy Spirit alighted atop the apostles' head as tongues as a fire and was given to them and the church. This gift, this wind, would never destroy, but recreate. Remember the prayer that we pray to the Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit and kindle the fire within us and come forth unto us, and the Holy Spirit come into our lives and our hearts, what? To recreate us and the world anew. And kindle in us that fire that recreates us and the world anew. Okay, I think we saw an example of that in the first reading, according to the Acts of the Apostles. Philip was a deacon, just like St. Stephen was, the first martyr who was stoned to death because he proclaimed Jesus. After Stephen's death, deacons like Philip and others left Jerusalem and then went out into the world, Philip to Samaria, to proclaim the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and the Holy Spirit was within him. And Philip became, because of the Holy Spirit, a mighty wind, a bold force, if you will, of the proclamation of the gospel to the people in Samaria. And accompanying his words, which were the truth of the gospel, were signs and wonders that brought about what? The recreation of the people of Samaria. Do not underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit to work, to breathe, who is living in our church community today. But you know what? I think sometimes we really do undervalue the gift of the Holy Spirit that has been given to us, first at baptism and then upon confirmation, our own celebration of Pentecost. 
And I say that because sometimes I think today we can become afraid of what we see and what we're hearing. And because we are afraid, then we don't tend to proclaim the gospel. Because people who have, have been canceled, have been ostracized, have been criticized, have been arrested, have been convicted, have been thrown in jail, and have been martyred in this century, in this decade. And when that happens, we naturally recoil in fear. And when fear occurs, it drives away the Spirit, it drives away the Gospel. But yet we see Philip today, and many, many, many other people in the Scriptures, in the New Testament, as well as in our Christian tradition, the life of our church, who acted upon the Holy Spirit bravely, not because they were brave, but the Spirit gave them the courage that they needed to boldly proclaim the Word with their lives. And sometimes that in and of itself was a sign and wonder that God sent into the community in order for people to hear His Word and to believe. The testimony of others enlivened by the Spirit recreating the world according to the way God desired it. Now, Peter spoke in the second reading today, again referring to the Holy Spirit, but remember Peter, he was the apostle, our first pope, who was crucified upside down because he believed in Jesus and gave his life for Jesus, the one whom he loved. Peter, I think, had some very wise words to say. He says that, now I'm paraphrasing, that as we are sent into the world, and if we do experience opposition to living the Christian life, to proclaiming it, not by shoving it down people's throats, but by proclaiming it with our words and our deeds, yes, there could be suffering that is involved. We're not Christians to be comfortable. We're Christians because we're sent into the world to be a leaven in the world. Like you put yeast in a bread and it causes the, the bread to rise. We're to be a leaven in the world. And that leaven, I'm going to use air quotes here, that leaven is to infect the world with the gospel. And when we do, there likely will be opposition to that. Because it won't make people comfortable it won't be according to the group think. It won't be according to what people just want to hear in their lives. And they could just turn it right off, scream at you, literally, blow whistles at you, whatever it might be, in order to silence the truth, silence the gospel. And they might not recognize the truth that's being proclaimed to them either, but in order to silence it. And so Peter said there could be suffering. But if there is suffering... It's not unlike, but similar to, the suffering of Jesus on the cross. 
And that suffering in the flesh, Jesus was fully human as well as fully God, that suffering in the flesh was offered for us by Jesus, and it brought about great fruit. Yes, he died. Of course he did. We know that. But he was raised to life in the Spirit. And if there is any suffering, and it's no fun at all, no fun at all, but if there is suffering because of the gospel that we experience, and I dare say we're getting pretty close to that if we haven't experienced it already. If there's suffering that we experience because of the gospel, it will bear fruit. As we act in charity, it will bear fruit in the lives of others, maybe people we don't know, and in the lives of people in the world. Just like Christ's death bore fruit in our lives, his suffering bore fruit, so ours will as well, if we suffer for the gospel. Suffering is a form of dying. If we suffer for the gospel, God will raise us up. Now, all this that I said today, I, I realized was maybe a little uncomfortable, maybe is a little unusual. I'm not trying to be negative. What I'm trying to do is be realistic today. It's where I felt, feel led to be, is very realistic today, without inciting fear. But I, I think that, that when we kind of reflect in the way that I did, we also tend to forget what Jesus said in the gospel about he sending the Holy Spirit to us as the advocate. An advocate like Jesus was talking about is kind of like the defense attorney. It's kind of the one who is like the one who pleads our cause, who stands right next to us, who is with us no matter what's going to happen. And, and, and walks with us. See, this is the gift that, of the Spirit that Jesus gave to us, the advocacy of us by God as we live our Christian lives and strive to live them as Christ desires them to be lived. And, and we could be, understandably, understandably, we could be wrapped up into the, the discomfort or just the, the action, the motion of, of our own life experiences at the time and the feelings that we have at the time. And that can be very captivating. It's understandable. It can be very captivating. And, and if it is, and if that occurs, then we're going to be focusing in on ourselves more than we are upon the, reality, the greater reality that is around us, which is the Advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, which is the one who's the third person of the Blessed Trinity who stands right next to us. So like Jesus said, I will never leave you orphans. When I go, when I ascend into heaven, I will never leave you orphans, but I will send you the one, as we heard today, the advocate, who will stand with you. And not only that, but give you great gifts, like Philip was witnessing to, to fill your hearts so that you and I can live the Christian life. Maybe this time, and this is now me, only me speaking, maybe this time that we're living in is a renewal of the Holy Spirit, a renewal of the Spirit in our lives, where we see the Spirit once again. He's ever old, ever new, but we see the Spirit with new eyes that says He's with us and 
He has gifts to support and sustain us in the living of our Christian lives. So, take that home and think about it. It feels like Pentecost today, which we'll be celebrating in two weeks, but I couldn't pass it up because the Holy Spirit was mentioned three times in the Scriptures. And, and so let's begin. Let's begin our reflection upon the Spirit now and invite the Spirit to renew our hearts and to renew the face of the earth.